Wanna talk about the Ramones? Start it off, well, Art. What's this? Um, what's the concept of this Halfway to Sanity podcast? What's the origin of this idea that you've been talking about for so long, Pat? Um, so the the origin of the Halfway to Sanity podcast. You like how I, I was paying attention when you said that earlier. Um, he listens. <laughs> someone listens to me. <laughs> Unlike this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good joke. Yeah, thank I you, thank you. I'll recycle it later. <laughs> Did they recycle in Whitaker? No. Yeah. Just jokes. Just jokes. <laughs> Single stream joke recycling. Jody, did your parents want to name you after the singer of the Ramones, but they erroneously believed that the singer of the Ramones was named Jody Ramone? I can uh, say that that is not the case, but I don't know why I have the name. So maybe, maybe I, I, you know, I don't know much about my dad, but he, uh, he did give me a couple of Steppenwolf tapes. <laughs> so, I, I don't know his uh, knowledge of the Ramones. So, I, I, you know, but given the fact that, you know, Steppenwolf. <laughs> I don't necessarily think that I'm named after Joey Ramone. Uh, poorly. It's worth exploring. I wish. Uh, I wish I could say that. I, I also wish that my middle name is Wilson and I could say I was named after, you know, the Beach Boys. Or, and I don't think that is the case either. I almost thought it was. Yeah. It was just a happy coincidence that... Yeah, I, I think it was a family name. And that's not cool. I mean, it just is what it is. This is stupid. Come on. <laughs> so what was the... Where did this idea come from? So the idea of this podcast came from... Uh, a lot of times we sit around drinking beer and talking about the Ramones. John's got a lot of very strong opinions about the Ramones that some people might find a little weird. Uh, I know I do. They're kind of weird opinions about the Ramones. I disagree. This is John speaking. <laughs> so I thought, you know, we have a lot of friends who also have strong opinions about the Ramones that may happen to be wrong. And uh, they might enjoy... Listening. Did you ever think it might be better to invite your more interesting friends to do this podcast? I did. That's the real sad part. Well, the first time I realized that John might have some offbeat thoughts about the Ramones would be the time... It was the first time I was ever at the Hard Rock Cafe. It was actually the first time I was ever at any Hard Rock Cafe. I went to see CJ Ramone, and there were approximately six people at this show. I got there kind of late, and John was there with a friend of his... And uh, John was complaining that there was no merch table. And I said, oh, yeah, when I walked in, there was a merch table. And he's like, oh, yeah, what did they have? I said, well, they had some, you know, late wave Ramones T-shirts that no one wanted. And that you could get a Ramones T-shirt with the dinosaurs on the front. And John leapt up and ran towards this merch table <laughs> to get a Ramones T-shirt with the dinosaurs on it, which they couldn't sell in the 90s. But they were they were ready time, it, like for now. it in like two thousand eight two thousand nine. Um, yeah, I mean it had dinosaurs on. It was from Audios Amigos. That was a it's a good record. No, I I believe Johnny said it's the one with the dinosaurs. So we're gonna go with the name of that album is the one uh, with the dinosaurs. The one with the dinosaurs on the cover. That's fair because I mean it's completely accurate. Yeah, it is. We can just call it the one with the better version of Crusher. 
I would highly disagree with that. I would also disagree with that. There is. I do nine podcasts when we get the audio some video. It's gonna get interesting. I mean, that's. I just can't wait till the 40th anniversary edition of Adios Amigos. <laughs> what gems have been recorded and left unheard for the last 20 or so years, 25 years maybe? We have quite a few years to find out. But yeah. I've never heard the demo version of Have a Nice Day, but I'm sure it's lovely. Yes, yes. All right, speaking of Johnny. Uh, so Johnny gives the first Ramones album an A. Uh, he says his review is after each take the engineers would ask if I wanted to hear it back and ask him how it sounded it sounded good so I just said okay let's keep going so uh, Jody what do you think about uh, Johnny's take of this record I mean I would probably give it an A uh, I'm glad he was able to keep going I know that was a big thing for him to, uh, to move along uh, from all the things you hear about the music videos and such so We'll agree with Johnny on that one, that, that this record is an A. Art, would you agree with Johnny? I would agree with Johnny. I mean, it's pretty much a phenomenal album, and it set the stage for so much to follow, from there being virtually no space between the songs to the requisite cover song thrown in. It's just a like prototype for all the albums to follow that we know and love. John, agree or disagree? I agree. I like that album. It's it's a good one. I think that's a fair assessment. One of the top three for sure. I'd agree with that. Yes. I disagree. It's top three. But whoa, whoa, whoa! The Ramones <laughs> self-titled album is not one of the top three Ramones albums. Yes. We'll get to that. <laughs> well, I think we, I'm just just, saying, we just got for, to it. For, for me, <laughs> because, you know, I, I I think you can make an argument it's not one of the top three albums of all time because it probably goes. I don't know, like five or six. But um, yeah, among the Ramones albums, it has to be top three. It's the best Ramones album, hands down. That's it's kind of a bold statement. It's the most consistent. I disagree. And it's the best Ramones yeah, album, no. hands down. But I, I would put it fourth. Whew. Pat and John are going to be like Take rocket to Russia people. <laughs> uh, I am I am leave home for the record. I w- I will say that uh, Blitzkrieg Bop, one of the best opening tracks to any record ever. Sure. It's the opening track to a whole genre of music. It's an incredible opening track. I can't imagine just getting that record and putting that on and hearing that song for the first time with no context. Like, that would just be amazing. Not as like, oh, I've heard the song in a Nissan commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I've heard it two times in Spider-Man Homecoming, which I'm not happy about. You don't put it in as an action sequence in the movie and then in the credits. I've never seen that movie. Well, I've never seen that movie either. They use Blitzkrieg Bop twice, and I don't like it. The Ramones were probably the first punk band I heard, or one of the first. I heard them on college radio in the 1980s, and Blitzkrieg Bop may or may not have been the first song I heard, but the album was probably the first punk album I heard from start to finish. Which is neither here nor there, nor very interesting. However, <laughs> the album certainly freaked people out and changed the world in 1976. All right, so um, I know John and I agree on this. Um, <clears throat> there are no bad songs on this record. Nope. No bad songs whatsoever. And the um, consistency of the album from song to song to song is really 
why it's such an incredible album and why it's probably, in my mind, the best Ramones album. It really, um, really flows, and I can't. There's not a dud in the in the group of songs whatsoever. So I was kind of concerned that there wouldn't really be enough controversy for the first couple episodes because, as we all know, like tension is what sells. That's what people want to hear. Uh, luckily, Jody's got some really bad takes about this record. Well, I've already said that it's my fourth favorite record from the Ramones, so, you know, obviously there's got to be some kind of clunker in there, especially because John defends every Ramones record, and I do not. You gotta, gotta look for the good in life. <laughs> but I, I will have to say, uh, Loudmouth and Havana Affair, two songs I'm not... Wait, do you think there's of. two bad songs on this record? Havana Affair? It's absolutely one of my least favorite Ramones songs. Uh, That's an and, insane thing to say. I don't understand and, this. Let me put it in, in this uh, in this context because it's on a great record. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna equate Loudmouth to uh, I'm not Jesus, oh, but Jesus. Uh, it had to come out at some point. <laughs> but uh, but when when you are putting into, it into a record like uh, you know the, the self-titled Ramones record, Loudmouth is a bad song just kind of mixed in there. And I hate it. I hate the song. I hate it. You know, there's that live version that you had to put up on the website. I tried commenting on it, and it just kept commenting as halfway to sin instead of like my own personal thing. So I just erased it because that just seemed redundant. But uh, but yeah, just I'm not a fan of that song in Havana, by the way. See, I feel that is the the real shocker here because I was aware of Jody's opinion of Loudmouth before, but Havana Fair, I would. Probably put that in the top 15 Ramon songs. It's one of the best songs on the album. It's yeah. a very interesting song. If um, there's a bad song on this record, and there's not, it's Now I Want to Sift Some Glue. Wrong. I would, I would also disagree with that. My least favorite on this album is Let's Dance. And it's not really bad. It's just the weakest of the, uh, of the covers that they have done on the early albums. You're a weird dude, John. I I'm they not a fan of that song. The stage but... <laughs> for the concept of there's going to be a cover, not just on this album, not just on all Ramones, but on like all albums worthy of anything. You have to have a cover song. It's sort of it's the first punk album, and it's become a staple concept in. Yeah, it's just not the subgenre. It's not bad, but it doesn't doesn't really do much for me compared to the other songs on the record. <laughs> I just don't. I feel like that's gonna be the theme of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mostly yeah. towards John. I just I don't understand what you're saying. I mean, yeah, I got uh, I'm glad I'm glad other people agree with that. So I'm not the only you know asshole saying oh, I hate Loudmouth. Uh, you know, but uh, that was a stupid know. opinion. <laughs> it really is. It's, I don't it's even know what to say about it. Me thinking I'm, I'm Let's shocked. Dance is one of the lesser cover songs is way less of a dumb if idea than if you think Loudmouth. It is. I just find that. It, it most it, certainly is. Let me ask you this. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but um, what about the uh, Let's Dance scene in Rock and Roll High School? That's uh, Isn't that Do You Want to Dance? Oh, shit. Yeah, it is. I do like that song a lot. <laughs> That's a great scene and a great song. Yeah. Well. We can edit that I know out. I what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm like. Yeah, you leave that in. <laughs> There's going to be plenty of that. Um, 
I never understood, speaking of Havana Affair, I never understood this concept from the way that this album was originally discussed in the 70s to the present. This idea that the Ramones are completely and totally apolitical. It's, they're an apolitical band. The lyrics are... And while they're not espousing a clear-cut political point of view, maybe, and they're maybe not like beat you over the head with politics like some of the early British punk. I mean, Havana Affair is certainly a song at least about, like, political situations. So it's sort of always confusing to me when people are like, oh, the Ramones are apolitical. I don't think that they are, and I don't think that the first album is. Comments, thoughts, or we don't care? I really don't. I always thought the song was just about bananas. Yeah, they... He did. It's he used to make a living picking the banana. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure it's not about bananas. I mean, it's not not about bananas. <laughs> but... <laughs> As I talked about going into the end of the century a little bit on my way here, I actually prefer This Ain't Havana to Havana Affair. I don't disagree. I like Havana Affair better, but I won't say anything bad about this in Havana. It's a great song. Okay. I, great, I, I great song. No more controversial than that. <laughs> Apparently, your only controversial statement I, okay. is about Loudmouth. Yeah. Well, what's everyone... Well, I saw him on the good song. I don't know. I... What's your favorite song on the album, Jody, since you dislike so much of the... Material. I mean, we're down to 12 songs you like on the album, apparently. So, what's your favorite? I would have to say, uh, I think Listen to My Heart is probably my favorite song on the record. I am, I lean a lot more towards the, the, the poppier material and just kind of like that straightforward, just great hook. Uh, Listen to My Heart is probably my favorite song on that record. That's a great song. Um, you know, and it takes nothing away from how much I love, you know, being on a brat or uh, today your love tomorrow the world. But just if I had to pick one song on that record and you force me to listen to it or let me listen to it, uh, I would choose Listen to My Heart. Pat? Um, I think mine might be Today Your Love Tomorrow the World. I think that's a strong contender for me as well. It's, uh, an amazing song. Um, there's no no two ways about it. Rather than me just saying what my favorite song is, does anyone want to guess what my favorite song <laughs> is? What's Art's favorite song on this album? I'm going to go way off the board and say your favorite song is I Want to Be Your Boyfriend. That is the wrong answer. <laughs> it's a great song. It's the wrong answer. That, I think, is probably my least favorite song on the record. I can't really explain why. It should be a song that I'm like pretty into, but... It's an interesting choice for least favorite song. Oh, oh, now you would recently say that now I want to sip some blue is probably. A, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the closest to a bad song. I don't think I want to be your boyfriend is a bad song. I just don't. It's probably my least favorite. Does anyone else want to guess what my favorite song on the album is? Uh, 53rd and 3rd. 53rd and 3rd would be a good choice, but it's not the right answer. How did you feel about Metallica's version of 53rd? I have never listened to Metallica. It, that is um a stunning display um yeah it's 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 indescribable really it's <laughs> i don't like it 
<laughs> I don't have the words to describe how much I dislike it, um, but it is very, very, very bad. Has everybody given arts? Uh, uh, John has a guess. Yeah, John has a guess. John has a guess. Well, I don't. I have no idea. I'm going to go with. I don't want to go down to the basement. My favorite song on the album, far and away, without any even close second, is "Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World." Oh, Hands yeah. down. That's a that's an and, excellent choice. Yes, Art. there was Pat's choice as well. Hands down, the greatest song on the album. Boy, does it get me going. It. <laughs> the best song on the album. It's an engine rubber for sure. It's an engine rubber. It's a tear jerker. It's the best track. Besides Metallica, what's your favorite cover that others have done off of this album? That oh. is a tough one because I have not. You can't think about it too hard because then that's like. And I have not pre thought of this myself. I should have, but I didn't. No so thought now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah. It's, this is no different from any other part of this. Yeah. Uh, or any are, other podcast. Yeah. Are we including um, some of the complete covers? Like, a, is Screeching Weasel eligible for this question? I guess. I guess. That, I, I didn't really have that in mind, like the cover albums, but I suppose that would be fine. I'm trying to, right now, make a choice. Um... Not thinking too much about it, I'm gonna say Screeching Weasel's version of Fifty Third and Third. I'm trying to think of uh, all those that have covered songs off this record that I can actually remember it, like just off the top of my head. I know Art's favorite is uh, Rob Zombie's version of uh, Blitzkrieg Bop. That would be incorrect. I'm not a Rob Zombie fan. <laughs> Although when I met Rob Zombie. He was very nice, and he told me about the first time he saw the Meat Men because I was wearing my Meat Men shirt, as I often do. You do often wear that I shirt. I often wear that shirt. Classic His art. His cover version have three minutes of a female moaning before it gets to the first line. Because if so, then I feel like he was off his game. He doesn't have a game. He's Rob Zombie. Ah, <laughs> uh, so I guess to answer the question, just because uh, I can't think of any other right now, uh, as mentioned in the kitchen earlier, I would have to go with uh, Screeching Weasel's version of Let's Dance. So the cover of the cover. Uh, <laughs> John, what do you got? I, I don't have much. I think the, the man just played uh, Havana Affair, and I really like that. How can you tell what's a Ramones cover and what's an original Manji song? It's a, it's a great question. It's tough. <laughs> they go seamlessly together. <laughs> I think my favorite is probably Anti Scenes cover of Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World. That's a thing that exists? It's great. It's I, the opening of Eat Your Possum. I'm going to take your word for it. Medley. I'm not going to go seek that out. You will like it, and we're going to listen to it when this is over. <laughs> Sweet. New music. <laughs> so does that end... Uh... I mean, that can hardly be an episode. Yeah, I got. Well, I, I think you'd have to have several per episode. I, I mean, once again, what all are we going to talk about? When we well, I'm sure. Well, I, I had another thought that I wanted to bring up. Oh, by all means. On the uh, the song Chainsaw, uh, Joey pronounces the word massacre in a very odd way, such as massacre. <laughs> now, oh, it had to rhyme. do you well, think that was? Do you think that was because they wanted to rhyme? 
or do you think he didn't know how the word was pronounced at the time? I think both are equally so the, possible. So that's an excellent question, and that sort of goes along with the broader question of how much are Joey Ramone's vocal stylings vocal stylings, and how much of them are speech impediment, speech issues, and or just like... His crippling OCD. His crippling OCD, mental illness, whatever else. Like He might have believed that Massacre rhymed with Take My Baby Away From Me, but the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a pretty recent movie at that time, and I have to believe that most people, when discussing it, weren't like, hey, I'm going to go see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, I don't think he learned that word from reading it. He probably heard people say it, so he couldn't have possibly Well, do we have that as a radio? Who wrote that track? I mean, was that a, was that a Beatty track, or was that a... Uh, uh, I, everybody's got their little cell phones here, but... It looks I like guess, it was, yeah. uh, it was, it was Joey. Joey. Okay. Do you so think nice. they had seen the movie before they wrote the song? Well, I would think because the movie was such a quick and instant hit, and you know, it was that time period. If they saw any movie in the year and a half preceding the recording of this, it would have, it would have been up there. You know, it's, it's sort of. It's like, one of my favorite horror movies. It's a good flick. It's a good flick, and you know, the Rocky Horror Picture Show in 1975 was such a hit, and Midnight Movies had this big, um, you know. Explosion, and so that's sort of where you know, Freaks was being screened a lot again, even though it was an old movie. It was being screened as a midnight movie, which is where the idea for the lyrics to Pinhead came in. I mean, they were clearly watching movies, you would think. I don't know. No, I feel in later Ramones' live records, as time went on, they went towards saying Massacre later. I don't know, has anyone else noticed that? They have other ones besides the live. Oh, you guys don't buy constantly buy bootlegs of oh no of eighties and nineties Ramones. No. Oh, that's Why weird. Well, there's another. There's a loco live. Yeah, which we talked about briefly earlier. Yeah, uh, that is a record. First Ramones CDs I owned was loco live. That was recorded during the era in which I was going to see the Ramones. Well, and that one was ninety. Was that 90? 95, 96, yeah. somewhere? I think that came out in 92. 90, yeah, no. Little oh, that was a Brazil really? recording, I think. Yeah, I think Interesting. 93, maybe. Because they, yeah, they were done by 96. That's true. Yeah. Huh. We must have other things to say about the first album. What about, of course, the buzzsaw noise the, in the beginning of the song Chainsaw that is clearly not a chainsaw? Yeah, not actually a chainsaw. Not a chainsaw. Like a circular saw. That yeah, I, th I think I read that it was a table saw. A table saw. Did they not know? And that goes to the point of maybe they didn't see the movie. Yeah. Because like, people are like, oh, they might not have known what a chainsaw sounded like, but if they were fans of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre enough to be. No, could that have been a budget issue? Could that have been a problem actually recording the. I feel like it'd probably be. Like, yeah, chainsaws are way more portable than a table saw. Okay, yeah, Especially in the 70s. That could have been a circular saw that, I mean. I don't know about circular saws in the 70s. Uh, uh, so I, I guess I can't say for sure, but it would seem like if you don't have a chainsaw, uh, what they chose sounded nothing like it. So it, 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 I would have to think it would be either convenience, like, hey, there's a saw next door, let's go grab that and just make a noise, versus that sounds nothing like a chainsaw. I trailed off. That was weird. <laughs> I 
I never thought I'd have to discuss why doesn't the chainsaw sound like a chainsaw. I have never used a chainsaw before. Really? Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, I'm not not much into... I don't know what you do. Cut down trees? I never cut down a tree. I've cut down some trees. Yeah, yeah I never cut down a tree. Are you ever cut down a tree? I've never cut down a tree and I've never handled a chainsaw. I have, oddly enough, used a table saw before. Well, I assume you had shop class. And... Well, in addition to having shop class, I had a summer job, a couple of summers, as a school janitor. And I learned how to reupholster chairs. Yeah. And it involved using various tools. Including table saws. So you're kind of like, you're basically Paul Westerberg because you guys were both janitors. I am basically Paul Westerberg in a lot of respects. I see that. You look almost exactly like him. I do look just like Paul Westerberg. Yeah. Um, I have nothing else to say about Paul Westerberg <laughs> at that point. And I've never been told I look like Paul Westerberg before. <laughs> Ever. I but, um, I honestly can't think of what Paul Westerberg looks like right now. <laughs> you feel like he looks just like art. I can't picture him either. If you look at the the famous album cover with a depiction of someone who looks just like me is the cover of the Minuteman Double Nickels and a Dime where Mike Watts like driving in his truck with a plaid shirt on. Just the angle, the way it looks, it looks just like me. Anyway, um, <laughs> very interesting stuff. <laughs> Do you feel like it's a little revisionist when people talk about the way this album was first responded to and they're like, oh, it was so shocking. Lyrics about Nazism and, <laughs> and um, what, do I look like Paul Westerberg? You look nothing like Paul Westerberg. I had to look it up because I just didn't remember yeah. what Paul Westerberg looked like. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Uh, I, at all. I just, wow. No. I, I can't... Speak to uh, you know how a record that came out four years before I was born was received. So, but like this idea, like it's like, it's also clearly tongue in cheek. You know, you have lyrics about Nazis and male prostitution and Patty Hearst and whatever else. But it's like no one's no one's like it's nineteen seventy six. I think people are more consumed with other things than being shocked by lyrics on a record. It's not. It couldn't have possibly been shocking in the, in that way. I mean, you had that stuff in the 80s come out, you know, when they were starting to put parental advisory and all that stuff, and, and people were starting to pay attention to what the hell was on albums. But I think when that record came out, especially, you know, you, you take a look at who's on the front cover of that record, and then like, oh, yeah, they're talking about Nazis and shit. Um, okay. <laughs> and this was not a limited release record at all. I mean, it was released on Sire. This was a very popular record at the time, I'm assuming. Absolutely. I mean, you you still see first pressings of this pop up every now and again, and there just had to be a ton of them out there. And I don't think people were that shocked by it, but it's hard to say. Well, it wasn't a time where everybody was offended by everything. I mean, we've kind of grown into that as a it's true as a society. That's offended by everything. I'm super offended right now. I'm super easily offended. Yeah. That's why I haven't been swearing. I didn't want to. I appreciate that. Upset Patrick. Yeah. I don't think any of us have really been swearing. I think Pat did when he made his his error in describing a song in Rock and Roll High School. Joe Garon swore when he titled a song "Censor Shit." 
<laughs> oh, we're gonna get there. Do you think that he really thought it was pronounced Tipper or do you think he thought it was Tipper or do you think just like the massacre issue, he thought her name was Teeper? Hey Teeper, what's that speaker speaking on my CD? Do you think that's how he thought the words were said, John, or do you think that like that's just how he spoke? What do you think? It's this is a tough one. Do you think she ever truly asked Ozzy Zappa or him? I, I believe she did not. It's a fair question. I mean, what did she care? She was getting all that internet money from her husband. <laughs> Drinking the right to the microphone. Ah, vitamin water zero. No calories. We, we gained some sponsors for this. <laughs> That's right. May as well buy enough of the product. Let's monetize this. There might be some funny things that have been said that we just, you know... Shittier records. Like, well, you only like 12 of these 14 songs. Yeah, somehow, once which again. Is insane. <laughs> no. And Pat's on the fence about I want to be your boyfriend. Which is... I, I think that's way... I think Pat being on the fence of I want to be your boyfriend is way more insane than me not liking Loudmouth. You would think that. Like well, so I like Loudmouth more. Want, let's talk about I want to be your boyfriend. Now, I don't mean the fact that I want to be your boyfriend. I mean... The song, I Want to Be Your Boyfriend. You can do worse. Which is, well, um, so the song, I Want to Be Your Boyfriend, is everyone's like, oh, this is, um, you know, the Ramones and their bubblegum side. and But there's like a, um, it's like sarcasm, right? It's like a, um, it's like their bubblegum side, but their bubblegum side is like in jest, right? I don't know. I think they are legitimately into to pop music. I think this is very much the case. This was a sincere song. Um, I, I don't believe there's any insincerity on this record. There's some jokes, but I don't think there. I don't think there's a lot of irony. I feel this is that's got to be a Joey song, right? It um yeah, says I mean, it's I, a I Tommy mean, song. Tommy. Yeah. Which uh, he was. He was totally. He was one of the smarter ones, so it was probably one of the smarter I mean, ones. That's one of the smart saying you're one of the smarter Ramones. <laughs> <is> like, <laughs> like, okay, but uh, but what saying I, you're you one know, of the shorter, like sore throat songs or something. Yeah. Like, sorry, was that too that, punk rock? That, that was, was a that's a reference <laughs> that was everyone's too, gonna that get. Was too, that was too punk rock. <laughs> sore throat's the band with like 200 songs per album. Not an obscure band, but maybe at this table. Sorry. <laughs> you guys have fun at the game tonight. Yeah? <laughs> I'll be at home listening to Sword Throat. Let us know how that anti-scene podcast goes for anti is a perfect example of a heavily Ramones-influenced band. Is it? Yes, absolutely. That's their main influence. I've never heard an anti-scene song in my life. I, I just always like associated it. them with like... The Turbo Yugen crowd and... Oh, no, no. No, I don't care. Yeah, that's an unfair association. It's like denim vests and whatever. So their look so their look has, has caused you not to listen. Or their fans. Yes. Their but fans. what about me? Well, I mean, you're a special case, Art. I'm a special case. It, all the time. Um, I'm really... The most provocative thought here today to me has been did Joey Ramone think it was pronounced massacre <laughs> he couldn't have possibly 
I I don't know. So I Did mean, he think it's pronounced Steaker? <laughs> <laughs> let's. I mean, we're gonna recycle some jokes, but let's wait until Mondo Bizarro. All right. That's gonna be like in 2027. <laughs> we're gonna be sitting here. That's why we should have had a list of shitty Ramones records first, instead of going in order. Like. Well, John says there are no shitty Ramones records. There, you can find the good in everything. Can you? Yeah. My favorite Ramones records that you will say are shitty are Too Tough to Die and Animal Boy. Those are bad records. They're great records. Now what you could also do is you could do the first Ramones record and then do the last Ramones record and then kind of step your way forward. Oh, we can do that. Until you meet in the middle at what would probably be Animal Boy. Would help you get to... Are we covering live albums? I I wasn't going to, no. I agree. I, I thought we could talk about music videos at some point. At some point Absolutely. Yeah, What's we... the first music video that came out at the time? I don't think like... There's a couple of music videos that were made like way after the fact. I don't think those ones count. But what's the first actual music video? I'm not sure. Want to be sedated? No, because you, well, you had We Won the Airwaves. Oh, yeah. really? Was it that much later? I yeah. think Sedated was a promotional video for uh, Ramones Mania. Yeah, so that mm. was like 89. Never mind then. Uh, but yeah, you had We Won the Airwaves. You had uh, the video for Rock and Roll High School. That's um, the first one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is actually kind of a great video. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the first time you you, you really understood the well, Marky Wig. What about the album? <laughs> what about the album cover? For the first record? No, for Mondo Bizarro. Yes, for the first record. <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about. We're not. No. What about the album cover for London Calling? Okay, so, so the album cover for the first three records are. <laughs> This is going to be confusing because we're talking the about the album art to our friend art. Volume one. I really like the way Johnny's knee is crooked on the second round. Four guys standing on a fucking wall. It's a good record cover. It is. It's, Why? It's the basis for every Riverdale seven inch that came after it. It's the basis for the entire Mutant Pop catalog. <laughs> and where um, would we be without Mutant Pop? I don't know where I would be. I mean, I'd be fine without me and Paul, but, <laughs> but like I did, I did enjoy it. Um, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Brand Tussie. All the shit you thought you'd talk about. I did bring a mutant pop. <laughs> Was a mistake. <laughs> well, so, yep. so, going yep. back, so going back to the album cover, uh, I mean, once again, no. I was just kidding. I don't give a fuck about I'm just saying, I mean, <laughs> you're the only one that was fucking alive when it came out. Uh, I was one year, I was okay, like, I was born in 1975. I don't know. Okay, yes, it's four guys on a fucking wall. It is in uh, black and white as well. Like a monochrome. It's, I guess, is it pure, do we consider it black and white or is it monochrome? What do you consider it? I don't know the true definition of monochrome. I don't know either, so I don't know how we describe <laughs> this. You could Google that, and then you know your answer, and then you could give the answer. I I'm not going to. <laughs> but yeah, it, there are. It's um. There's lack of color on the album front cover. <laughs> so leave home. We're done here. The leave home album cover was cover was in color. Sure was. <laughs> Wait, what about, um, I have one more point or question. So, I if I can, but I have to look at this again to make sure I'm saying the right thing. 
So I have a, I have to, we have to go back to this loudmouth issue, okay? <laughs> and I'm not gonna ask, I'm not gonna ask this question to you because you've already said something horrible and ridiculous about loudmouth. But one of the things that in sequencing an album that used to be taken into account still should be, I don't feel like it always is, but it still should be. And this changed drastically in the rise of compact discs. Um, was what's going to be the first song on side two. And Loudmouth is the first song on side two. If Blitzkrieg Bop is this great lead-in for the album, is Loudmouth a great lead-in for side B of this classic album? What do you think? I would say yes, because they start off, I think, with the same two chords, and they sound nearly identical at the beginning. Yeah, that's a good side two song. It signals... Signals you're going to hear. Side two. You're going to hear more of what you heard on side one. <laughs> I want to talk about that too. I mean, that could be talked about on any um, on any album. But one of my pet peeves about not just the Ramones, but punk rock and any of its subgenres in general, it really, really gets me going in a bad way when people say all the songs sound the same. Do punk songs more so all sound the same than any other musical form? Like if you listen to a jazz record. Do all the songs sound the same in the same way that all Ramones songs sound the same? Or because there's so few chords and because it's so basic, is it a fair is it a more fair thing to say about punk rock than it is about other types of music? I think in punk rock you kinda you do have scale now when it comes to musical ability. In most cases, I'm not gonna say every you know, every case, but I I think I feel more about that if I hear any in I guess because maybe I'm not a fan of them, and I am more a fan of punk rock, but country music, like I, I can't, or you know, just your standard modern pop, I can't tell the goddamn difference between one and the next. Uh, you know, I, I feel like if you play a Ramones song and then you, you would move on to something like the Sex Pistols, or you would move on to something like Minor Threat, or you know, just kind of going down the line, <clears throat> there is kind of a sound that each band projects. So you might only be using very similar chord progressions per band, but they they all kind of develop, and I guess I won't say all, but a good portion of them, the good ones anyways, develop a sound of their own, um, whether it's just the way that the chords are uh, structured or the way the songs are, or the hooks within the songs, or you know even the production based on, whereas you know like a country or just your standard pop music, I don't think uh, has that. It all just kind of sounds the same and overproduced and I mean, that's just the way it is these days anyways, but I think you could say that for like a lot of 80s music, uh, 90s music, same deal. Was not expecting a, uh, a Minor Threat name drop on this podcast. And I am not a fan of Minor Threat, <laughs> but I respect them. And I have never heard them. Minor Threat's great, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I at least have heard them. I, I just, uh, you know, once again, I lean more towards the poppier side of life. Uh, yeah, I'm not Joe Minor Threat, but <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I don't, don't like, like Minor I Threat. I don't like Minor Threat. Christ. Ian McKay and, uh, and Dave Grohl are actually the next guests on the podcast. They're going to debate the merits of Leave Home. I don't think that punk music sounds more the same than any other kind of music. I think it's all how familiar you are with the genre. Um, like I, I understand that maybe it's because of its simplicity um you do have a lot of the same things happening but if you listen to 
New Country. I don't have a problem with New Country, but if you listen to New Country, it does all kind of sound the same. Or a specific artist, their songs will tend to not be radically divergent tempos or radically different this or that between the tracks. So I do think it's a kind of unfair idea that, you know, I mean, on the other hand, you know, the Ramones do things like um, that seem kind of programmed, like this song has, this album has one cover song on it. The next one has to have one cover song on it. You know, this album has a song about a horror movie. Next album has to have a song. So, I mean, you have things like that going on, but I just think it's a very unfair criticism of punk rock, whether it be Minor Threat <laughs> or Bad Religion or whoever you can... But I think with the Ramones, too, it was always about, can, you know, consi- I guess I don't want to say always, but, I mean, early on, it was just kind of always about consistency. It was, you know... You knew what you were going to get when you saw the Ramones, when you listened to the Ramones. Like, they're, they're you know, I think that was one of Johnny's things. Like, when you saw the Ramones in the 70s, 80s, or 90s, they wanted, you know, they kind of wanted you to have that same experience the whole, every time. You know, it was like, no matter what you did, the Ramones never got any older. You got older, and the Ramones did it. The Ramones were your constant. Uh, for- and, and I sort of felt like by the time I was seeing the Ramones, the first time I saw them was 1990. So between 1990 and 1996, I saw them kind of a lot of times. It sort of felt like cool people weren't going to see the Ramones then. It was sort of like if you were to go see Social Distortion today or something. It was like kind of people into underground music were sort of turning their nose up to the Ramones shows at that time. And if you asked them, do you like the Ramones? They'd say, sure. But because of some of the albums, maybe... You know, they didn't like Too Tough to Die or whatever. They're not going to be at a, you know amphitheater watching the Ramones in 1992 or 1994 or 1996. Um, the audiences were not like the same audiences that you'd see at you know more underground band shows at that time. And I think a lot of people probably regret not going to see the Ramones in those later years. But um, those were great shows, certainly. I mean, they were. I mean, they were. They were. They ended up on Lollapalooza for Christ's sakes. You know, um, with a bunch of bands that uh, ended up at their last show, and you know they had that "We're Out of Here" record, and, and you know video, and all that other kind of stuff. So you get Soundgarden, you get Pearl Jam, you get Rancid, all those guys. Thanks for months. Last song they ever played live, and fucking Eddie Vedder is singing with them. I do not um, have any love for Eddie Vedder. No, because he's the goddamn worst. It's the worst. I never listened to his band. What were they called? Temple of the Dog. Yeah. Yeah. Never listened to whatever band. Super group. Alright. I, I think yeah. that's. Call it a day. I think that's the first record. I, I think you can get 10 minutes of usable material <laughs> out of that. Definitely. I'm hoping for 10. I yes. I look forward to your editing skills to make us all sound wonderful. I mean. John's going to sound wonderful no matter what, but the other three of us might need some. Thank you.